Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house this morning and, and good to be in this time of the year. You know, it seems like... Uh, with each passing year, our country forgets a little more and more about the true joy of Christmas and what Christmas is about. And uh, I, uh, I noticed uh, that I was in some different stores in October, and, and there was Christmas up with Halloween. <laughs> and all the things there for the presenting Christmas was in the stores way before that. And I, I thought, can we at least just get through Thanksgiving or something like that so we can enjoy the season and you know it, it's to to the merchant many times it, it seems to be about the money the extra money that they can make about Christmas and and to many in this time of the season when they think about Christmas it is more about the fiction than it is the truth and to others it's is some seems to be a, that you need to catch this mysterious spirit that's out there we call it the Christmas spirit. And, and so, I mean, Christmas has a lot of different things. And, and to others, it seems to be a time of giving and receiving gifts. And, and, and then a time of family. And, and, you know, and all these things seem to aim at bringing some kind of level of joy into our life. And listen, I, I have nothing against all the things that go on in Christmas time. I love Christmas time. Amen? I, I just don't like it in July. But I like, I love Christmas. I love the, the lights. I love the, all the trees and, and, and different things that, that go on in the Christmas season. I love the, the, the parties that we have. We've already, I've, I think I'm on party two or three. I can't remember which one it is already. And, and I love the family time. I love that we get together and have that time. And, and, and truly, there is a lot of joy that comes in this Christmas time of the year. And a lot of that is brought about by things that we do that, that literally that, that, that bring that joy. All the things I mentioned, and I don't know what it is that brings you joy in the Christmas season, but I know there's a lot of joy that's happening during the Christmas season. But can I, can I just say this this morning is that, you know, Christmas itself is actually a celebration of the Lord's birthday. Literally, it's, it's about the Lord. And, and all these other things are just pluses that we do, but the, it's literally the celebration. If you break the word Christmas down, it talks about Christ, and the word must, when it adds that in there, it talks about a, a celebration or a festivity that we have. So we celebrate Christ. And if we, can go, if we go through the Christmas season, and it seems like that's what ha is happening nowadays, that we can go through the whole Christmas season and never celebrate Jesus Christ. Come on, we got a lot of things happening today. It's so much so that sometimes you'll find people who will put an X and then must. And they'll put Xmas, which is X in Christ out. This says, I love all the festivities of, of Christmas, but I'm not interested in Jesus. And so that's kind of the mindset we have today. But the fact is, I think for as Christians, 
We are to understand that true joy of Christmas is found only in Christ Jesus. The true joy of Christmas is only found in Christ Jesus. And I think that we need to remember that. And again, I say I have nothing against all these other things because I participate in the majority of those things. I love Christmas time. But if I can ease through Christmas time and all my joy is in those things, then I forgot what true joy is. And true joy is in Jesus Christ. And I think that's where we need to get it. So I'm preaching this next few Sundays about the joy of Christmas. The joy of Christmas. And how we should have that joy in our lives. So why is true joy found only in Christ? Well, turn with me this morning to Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. Now, I know this passage of Scripture is after the birth of Christ. He'd already been circumcised. And now the parents were to bring him to the temple to be dedicated according to the law, the customs. And when they come into this place, as we get ready to read the passage of Scripture... We find a man named Simeon, and he reveals some things about Christ, that baby that was born on Christmas Day. How many of you know he was not necessarily born on December the 25th? Amen? But we celebrate his birth, and what Simeon reflects to is not reflecting to the day that he's seen, but it's reflecting to this child that came that day through the Virgin Mary that was born in a, in, in a, in a, in, in a stable and laid in a manger. He starts to reflect some things about Jesus Christ, about this person that is the main name of this season that we're in called Christmas. He starts to speak some things about him. So let's read Luke chapter 2. And, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just, just and devout, devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And, he had been, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. Lord Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in the arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, and a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph, said, and, Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Who? Christ, the baby that was in the manger. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fallen and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul and that the thoughts of many's, many hearts may be revealed. Listen, when we look at the passage of Scripture, we find that Simeon had been literally waiting for the Messiah to come. That's what the word consolation, I believe if you've got another translation, it actually speaks to that. But he had been waiting for the Messiah. How many are waiting for the Messiah to come that second time? 
How many are ready for that coming of the, of the Lord? I, I tell you, we was talking about in Sunday school class this morning, the more that I see going on and the evil or the, the more evil we see, I'm ready for the Messiah. Amen? I'm ready to see Jesus come. And we find that Simeon, he had been told by the Holy Spirit that the Messiah would become before his death, talking about before Simeon went to the grave. And the Holy Spirit led him in the temple at the right time to meet the Messiah at that very moment. How many had a message from the Holy Spirit that you met the Holy Spirit at the right, or the, that you met Christ at the right time? Amen. We got some horn going off, right? <laughs> he takes Jesus into his arms when he sees him. And he holds him up in the air when he sees this little baby. Remember, he's been waiting for the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit revealed to him as that baby and, and, and Mary and Joseph are coming up. He says, this is the Messiah. This is the one that you've been waiting for. He is the one. And could you imagine what, what he felt like at that particular moment? He takes the little baby, embraces him, and raises him up in the air. And he starts to say something. He breaks out into a joyful song. He starts to sing a song. The song is called Nunc Dimittis, which is spoken of at the beginning because of its Latin. And it talks about, others call it the Song of Simeon. When he met into this, when he seen it, he broke out into a song. He started to sing. I mean, you know, many, many times, have you ever just been in your own life, something joyful has happened, and you break out into song? How many of you have just made up your own words? I do that quite often when I'm singing, but usually I'm singing because there's a joy in my heart. And here he breaks out into the song, but the song that he sings is literally Scripture. It's literally things that God has proclaimed about Christ. And he breaks into this song of singing. And in this song, he reveals five things that bring great joy that are connected to this Christmas child. He reveals five things that are connected to this Christmas child at that particular moment. Listen, it's not a Christmas tree. He didn't sing, oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree. He didn't, it, it wasn't about the boost of the economy. It, it, it wasn't about a fat man in a red suit or flying reindeers. It's not even about exchanging gifts that he spoke of, of the joy that was coming into his spirit because of that Christmas baby. The things that so joyful that he broke into the song and he revealed some things. It is all focused on the gift that God gave that Christmas moment, that Christmas morning. All focused on that little child. When he breaks out of this song and this song that we read today in the passage of Scripture. So what was it that brought Simeon such joy? And helped him to catch the true, listen, the true Christmas spirit. Amen. The true Christmas spirit. What helped him to catch it? What was it? The first thing I want to point out this morning is that Jesus became peace. Jesus became peace to him. 
We find in that scripture, as Simeon saw Joseph and Mary bring Jesus into the temple, he embraced him, and the revelation of Jesus was who Jesus was became peace to him. Listen to what he says. It was peace to depart. Immediately when he embraced him, he embraced the peace that was allowing him to depart. In other words, he now could lay down his soul in rest knowing that he had seen the Messiah. The first thing that Jesus became to Simeon was peace in his life. Peace in his life. My friend, I don't know about you, but it's a joyful thing to have peace in your life. It's a joyful thing. You can't buy peace, but here Simeon, or, or the Lord brought peace to him, the first thing. See, Christ is peace to all that will embrace him. He is peace to all that will embrace him. The Bible tells us he is the Prince of Peace. We find it in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, For unto us and the child born unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And listen to this, Prince of Peace. Amen. Of the increase of his governor, government and what? Peace. There will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Talks about the peace. My friend, I'm telling you, if you will embrace, when we embrace Jesus, there's a peace that comes into our spirit, into our soul. It speaks just as clear as it did to Simeon that day when he seen Jesus Christ that morning as that little baby come into the temple. That peace is that which we can have. Jesus is peace. That's something to be joyful for. Wouldn't it be great if we had peace in the Middle East? Hallelujah. Can I tell you it's coming one day soon when Jesus comes because He'll be the one that brings peace back to Israel. He'll be the one that brings peace back to the world. He is peace. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm a little tired of all the chaos in this world, but I'm waiting for Jesus to come and the peace of God to come in a powerful way. That peace. Amen. One day soon. That peace. That peace. Hallelujah. He is the Prince of Peace. He's the peace for our storm. Come on, that same Jesus. In Mark chapter 439, it says, He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm that came over that. Can I tell you, I've been on the Sea of Galilee one time, and I was glad there was no storm. Come on, it's something. You're, you're out there on the Sea of Galilee and you've read about all these storms in the Bible that just whip right up. And then the guy that was in charge of our boat, he says over here or just around that mountain, there's a little kind of like a wind channel. He says we call that the, 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 the mouth, of, or not the mouth, but the, the gate of David. And when that wind comes around, it'll whip that sea up and, and, and make it chaotic and all the, the waves will come up. I thought to myself, it's almost like being on Lake Meredith when the water or when the wind gets up. I was glad that we didn't have to deal with that. 
But can I tell you this morning, I've been on the sea of life for quite some time now, and I have had my share of storms that have come in that sea that we live in. There's been those moments that you didn't know whether peace would ever come back. And I found that Jesus can still speak peace into our storms. That He can still stand in the middle of whatever's going on in our life. The, the things that you seem like you have no control over. And He can still stand up and speak peace. He is that to us if we will embrace Him that will bring peace into our lives. Peace. He's the peace for division. Come on. Ephesians 2.14 for He Himself is our peace. He has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Granted, this morning, this is talking about the Jew and the Gentile. Have you ever really studied about the Jew and the Gentile? We were talking a little again this, Sunday, this morning in Sunday school class about how people are really turning against the Jewish people. You know who's turning against the Jewish people? The Gentiles. Come on, if, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. And there's this, this, this enmity between them. But the Bible says what He did upon the cross, that He's brought us together. If you're a Gentile, I'm going to tell you, you have been brought into the family of God which started out as Jewish people. He has brought that together. So it's been a miraculous thing to see a, the Jewish people and Gentiles come together under one house, under the blood of Jesus Christ. He washed, the, he, he gave His life for all of us. And we come together as one. So He is the peacemaker in division. How can you apply that into our lives? How can we apply it? You got division in your family? You know who you need? They got it. You know who you need? Jesus. You got problems in the marriage? You know who you need? Jesus. You got problem with your kids? You know who you need? You need Jesus. Why? Because He is one that can bring two halves together and make them one. <coughs> that is our Lord. He is able to do amazing things. I have witnessed it over the years how God has brought enemies together to where they love one another. First thing Simeon says, he became peace to him. Come on, has he become peace to you this morning? He disperses a unique peace, a peace that this world knows nothing about. He told the disciples that. So embrace him today and experience his peace. Come on, that's something to be joyful about. Come on, my, I've watched it in my own family as God's peace comes. I've experienced His peace in my life and it has brought me great joy, Phil, Amen. as I experience that peace. The joy of Christmas. One of the things He points out is He brought peace. The next thing that we find is Jesus became reality. He became reality. In that moment that he embraced and seen Christ, he became reality. He says, my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. And, and think about what he's saying. Simeon was a man of God and a student of God's word. 
He wasn't a student of the New Testament because it wasn't there yet. But he was a student of the Old Testament. Isaiah and all the prophets. He had read all those things. That's what makes even the apostles and Paul when they would preach, they preached what they knew about the Old Testament as it become through the covenant of the New Testament. And revelation was upon it. Simeon says, my eyes have seen your salvation. Where did he get the ideal of salvation? From the Old Testament. As he read and seen of the coming and the promises of the Messiah that would come. He had read about the promised seed in Genesis that was spoken of in Genesis 3. He had read about the Messiah in Isaiah and he had also read about it in Zechariah and Daniel and many other scriptures that spoke of the coming of the Messiah and now through the revelation of the Holy Spirit he now looks at scripture in reality that is in his arms and he is raising up to God. He says, I see a word, O Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I see reality in what you have written. I see a reality in what I've heard. I am holding him in my hands. Hallelujah. He has seen reality of the word come to pass in his life. Hallelujah. Mm. Listen what the disciple John said in John 1 about this reality. He says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What's he saying? Your word has become reality to us. It has become flesh that we look upon him and see him. Amen. Listen to what he says later in John, 1 John 1 and 1. That which was from the beginning, who? Jesus. Which we have heard, which we have seen, with our eyes we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Wow. Read about him? Have you ever heard you met somebody and, and they say, well, I've heard all about you. And you go, I don't know if that's good or not. But you know what really what just happened? They had heard about you in word and now they have met you in reality. Now they see you even though they've heard about you. And the same thing that these guys, they're saying we read about you, we heard about you, and now we see you in life form. The Word of God. Reality has taken place. I don't know about you, but this morning that makes me excited of the fact, and it makes me joyful of knowing God's Word coming into such a way that is visible. Can I tell you this morning that all of us are going to see that one day in our lives? Hmm. There's an old saying, my faith ends at Jordan when I cross that chilly, chilly river. When I feast my eyes upon Him, upon my Christ, I do not need faith in anymore, but what I see is in present time. I'm telling you today what they were saying and what Simeon was saying, and he was joyful for it because reality of the Word was in his hands. And he enjoyed it. That reality. To those that will believe in Christ, He becomes reality in our lives. Come on. For those that believe in Christ, He becomes reality in our lives. Some may say, who are you talking to? I'm talking to Jesus. He becomes part of our lives. 
He is something that we can rejoice over. I have not been as fortunate as some that have had Jesus appear to them in person. And I've heard numerous of times that people have said Jesus walked into my room. And for them, I, I thank God for the testimony. But I've yet to have the Lord visit me in such a way. But sometimes there's a reason He does that. And whatever that reason may be, and maybe there wasn't a reason for it in my life, I wish there would have been. But can I say, but by faith I have seen Him. By faith I have felt Him. And by faith I have heard Him. And by faith I have spoke with Him. And by faith, I love him. He is as much reality to me today as he was to Simeon when he was in Simeon's hands. I'm saying today because of the Holy Spirit in my life that in the word of God, I have seen that word manifest inside of me and I know Jesus, my Savior, lives. Hallelujah. Because he's reality in my life. Something to rejoice over. The reality of the Lord. He is real. He's just as real to me today and hopefully to you as he was with Simeon that day because he was the Holy Spirit. Listen, it was the Holy Spirit that had to point him out to Simeon. How many remember when the Holy Spirit pointed him out in your life? This is the Messiah you're hearing about. This is the Messiah that you're hearing. This is the Messiah that's going to come and dwell inside of you. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In Simeon's song, another thing is revealed that should bring joy in our life. Jesus became an all-inclusive opportunity. An all-inclusive opportunity. I know we hear that word a lot anymore, but truly, they're all-inclusive does not include us. Have you noticed that yet? <laughs> You'll catch what I just said here in a minute. All-inclusive, except for those that believe in Jesus Christ. But here in that manger, here in this little boy that Simeon held in his hand, he made this statement in his psalm, in the song that he was singing, and it, it, it talked about him, which had been prepared for the face of all people. Prepared for the face of all people. Salvation for all. Simeon saw that God's salvation was not for any one people or nation or group of people, but that present that was in that manger that day on Christmas morning was for everybody. It was presented for all people, all ages, all nations. It didn't matter about how bad they'd been in life. It didn't matter about how good they'd been in life. It didn't matter about their social status. They could be poor or rich or whatever. It didn't matter about what country they belonged to. That gift was made there and brought there for all people. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son for whosoever shall believe in Him shall be saved or shall not perish. I'm telling you today. That ought to make us all full of joy this Christmas season when we think that Christ came for everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. What a wonderful, wonderful God. No respecter of man. 
You think he would have came to Israel only, only, but he came for all people. Thank God, because see, I was in that other group. But he came for all of us, all people. He was presented. Prejudice and favoritism was unknown to God and is still unknown to God. Come on, read over in the book of Revelation. Nations of many tongues. How many want to hear all that? You thought the only ones going were English speaking. No. I heard one Spanish guy says the heavenly language is going to be Spanish. I thought I better learn it. But I want to tell you today, all nations, there's a, a sea of all nations, all people, all tongues. Why? Because of what came on Christmas morning. Jesus Christ came for everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Come on, church. It's time the church gets a hold of this. There's been too much prejudice and too much excluding. Because see, that gift that morning was for everybody. I've never got a hold of what's went on in the church in the history, history of the church when it comes to prejudice and things like that. I don't get that. I don't understand it. See, he was not willing that any should perish. 116 of Romans says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We find in 2 Peter 3, 9, he says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, and some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish. What a joy when we find out that this, was, this gift was for, listen, it's high time we get a hold of it. Notice that the scripture said salvation had been prepared and another, notice the next thing that Simeon spoke of this morning. Je, uh, Jesus became the revealing light. It says he is the revealing light. Light's an amazing thing, isn't it? I have found if I can't, especially as I get older, I need more light to see things. Amen? Amen? Uh, you need a flashlight just about every corner you go in. Thank God for iPhones that got the flashlight in them, right? My dad, I think my dad would have loved an iPhone because he could take a picture and then blow it up so you could read it, but he could use the light to see what he was taking a picture of. It would be amazing to him. But the light's an amazing thing because Simeon said in that same song that he's singing, he will be a revealing light. He will be a light. This light was to bring revelation. Revelation means it's going to show, it's going to expose, it's going to show who and why the reason was for His coming. See, this is another reason that we should be joyful. I mean, the Lord could have came and it could have never been revealed to you who He was. How many of you remember the day that the Lord was revealed to you? That day, whether it was in Sunday school class, where it may have been, or maybe it's somewhere else, when that light came forth and you seen and heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, what a thing to joy, be joyful for. You know, I, I thank God that I can celebrate Christmas knowing who He is. And it's because He has been revealed. He is the light. 
The plan of salvation would not be hidden. It's not like they had this big game plan. How many of you feel that we have this big plan hidden from what people are wanting to do to America? Amen? And we're not savvy to what's all going on. But I'm going to tell you something. The plan that Simeon revealed, he said Christ will reveal. He'll be that revealing light. In other words, he says it's the greatest plan, the biggest plan that we'll ever have, mankind will ever experience. And it's not going to be a secret to just, it's not going to be just for a group of people, but it's going to be for all people. He says, I'm going to reveal it. Hallelujah. They're going to know about it. I'm going to present it in such a way that they'll know what I have planned for mankind. He'd be that light, that revealing light. Christ would reveal that pathway back into relationship with God. Mm. Remember, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have separation. But he would reveal the way back unto the heavenly Father. Matthew 4.16 says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region in, a shadow, in the shadow of death, light has now dawned. Light has now dawned. In other words, light has now came upon them, and that light will reveal the pathway back to God. Come on, we, we, we've got to get a hold of it, church. That's something to be rejoiceful for. If I didn't have my pathway back to God, if it had not been revealed to me, when I breathed my last breath, I would spend eternity in hell separated from God. That is what hell is. You'll never know who God is. But in that little package, Simeon declared in his song, he will be the light that will reveal the way back to God. That package. 2 Corinthians 4, 5, and 6 says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is, the, it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That light. This light that Simeon was talking about. Jesus is the light that shines toward God. The light is presented in the gospel of Jesus. It, it is the gospel that reveals the path back unto God. My friend, we're getting in a habit in the church. Let's wait for the right moment. I'm going to tell you, let's build a, a surface to reveal it. But I'm going to tell you today, the Bible says we are to present the gospel of Jesus Christ and trust the message. Come on, let the word go forth. Let the light break through. Have you not seen when you turn light on in darkness, it will shine. Jesus came to be that light. <coughs> Thank God he shined on us. It is the gospel that says, back unto the Father. Our job is to share the gospel and let Christ be the light. Amen. Come on, let me say it again. Our job is to share the gospel and let Christ be the light. Because he has the way to do it. Let me remember that old song. I wandered so aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. And then it goes, I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow in sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. 
Aren't you glad you saw the light, my friend, today? Because that's what our package in Christmas was about, was to bring the light unto the Gentiles to see who Jesus is. That light. Hallelujah. Well, I'm starting to get joyful. Last thing, Jesus became the glory of Israel. Simeon said this in his song, the glory of your people. I've heard a lot of things about Israel. Well, how they are the, uh, you know, they were at one time leading the, the world in citrus production. Amazing things that Israel does. They have a lot of high tech and, and different things. There's a lot of things that have been their glory. But I'm going to tell you, that's not what God intends. God is going to be the glory of Israel. And that glory, that particular word, we talked about it Wednesday night. This is actually talking about his presence. It's talking about heaven coming down to glory, uh, Israel. You know, you, it doesn't matter how much they try to take that land away. God says, I'm going to come and, and Jesus said, I'm going to put my feet on one side of Mount Olive and in here and it's going to split and he's going to come and he's going to set the kingdom up and all the world are going to know who Jesus is because the Bible says before he comes, they're going to see him coming like lightning in the sky and when he comes, all those that see them, all the Jewish people that are left, they're going to call him Lord and Savior and everybody will know that there in Jerusalem, in Israel, there is where God lives. It's going to be, he's going to be the God of Israel. And, and, and that is a prophetic message. And it's on the horizon, my friend. But Israel will be known for the city of God. Even after all the millennium and all that in the new heaven and earth is created and the new Jerusalem comes down, the Bible says he will be the light for there will be no need of sun because the sun himself will be the light. Well, I'm speaking a lot of stuff that's making me happy. That day, Simeon said, right here, in my hands is the glory of Israel. Mm. He said, right here is my peace. Come on, right here is my salvation. Where? Where? All about Jesus Christ, that Christmas baby. The joy of our Savior coming into this world. The Messiah would become the glory of all Israelites that would believe in Him. They still have to come through the same thread we come through. And that's the thread of Jesus Christ and His blood. They would all rejoice in him. Isaiah 45, 25 says this, And the Lord and all the descendants of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. Now if you read the rest of that verse this morning in Luke chapter 2, verses 33 through 35, it says, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken. Pastor, if you'll come. Oliver, and then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary. Now listen to what he said, because this is a sad thing. He says, Behold, the child is destined for the fall and the rise of many in Israel. For a sign will be spoken against. What is that sign? I shall be lifted up. I shall be lifted up. Jesus, I'll give you a sign. I shall be lifted up. And he says, Because that sign shall be spoken against. He will be the one that will 
many will rise and many will fall. How does that happen? He talks about the fact that the joy I spoke of this morning, many will receive and many will reject it. And they won't get to enjoy what Christmas is. Can I tell you? For them, the joy of Christmas would be only what we as mankind produce. But the real joy that lasts for eternity is when we put our joy and find it in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, that came on that Christmas day. How many would agree with me this morning? We need to return to that joy. How many would agree with me this morning that the church needs to return to that joy? Because it's not about the building. It's not about a denomination. It's not about all these things that we've made it about. It's about Jesus Christ. The joy of Christmas. The joy of Christmas. There's no greater joy than to know Him as Lord and Savior of your life. And I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes the choir gets off tune. Come on. Have you ever heard somebody in the choir says, you need to just chill down until you get it right. And sometimes we get sidetracked on all the festivities. And we get sidetracked on all the gift buying. And, and, and we even max out credit cards and all this. And, and then we realize that Christmas didn't bring joy. It brought misery. But when we really think about why we celebrate Christmas, there should be a joy that's deep down inside our heart. If you've got the light dwelling in you, we are to be joyful. Because Jesus is with us. So my th prayer to you this morning is that you would just kind of reflect on what Simeon brought out about the Lord. And may you start to catch. We're not near Christmas Day yet, but it's all right to go ahead and catch that spirit. You know, that spirit may lead you to tell somebody about Jesus this holiday season. Amen. I watched my daughter out on the, you know, well, kind of been like that snooping dad, I guess. What I could find of pictures where she's been on Bourbon Street and all that. And I thought, you know, what a great opportunity to share the Lord with people. Folks, we have that need every day. If I'm joyful in something, I'm going to share it. Amen? And if I got me a brand new 2023 GMC, four-door, four-wheel drive, 6.2, had all the little things on it, I'm going to come to David and say, David, come out, look at my truck. Why? Because it really brings joy. Come on, why can we do it with material things, but we don't do it with Jesus? Maybe it's because we're not operating in the joy that He has brought into our lives. I want you to have it. I want me to have it. Amen? I want my neighbors to have it. Man, the other day, I, my neighbors shared with me that we've been praying for them and, and just that they would get right with God. And he came out and shared with me. He'd been going, finally started going to a church. You know what that did for me, Brother Pat? It brought a lot of joy in my heart. Amen? A lot of joy. Peace, and, and I'm praying for his family still in. I'm going to tell you, we need to catch her, catch it again, the joy of Christ.
Christmas. And you say, Pastor, you send all that other stuff, all the good treats. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that this morning. No God here say, Pastor doesn't like anything but Christmas, but baby Jesus. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I think we need to have that as our focus. We need to have Him as our focus. Eat all you want to, be miserable. Be joyful. But don't forget who it is that's truly brought joy into our life.